Well, this is the last show of 2023 or 2022. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself for the Jeff Merrick show. Matt Marchese in for Jeff. And I uh, just wanted to throw this out there before we really get into some hockey stuff. And, and we'll have a little bit of fun at the end of the show. For all the listeners across Canada, I hope that you're staying safe during this Arctic blast. If you can, if you can stay home, please do. I know I did today. Uh, thankfully, I was allowed to do so um, as this Arctic blast, uh, winter apocalypse, whatever we want to call it, hits hits Canada across the country. Hoping that everybody stays safe ahead of Christmas holidays, any time off that people are having. Hopefully, some people are going on vacations. All that stuff. Please stay safe. Please stay home and uh, and be with your families during this time. I will say this, Elliot Friedman, who will join us in just a few minutes, talked about this one team that desperately needed the Christmas break was the Vancouver Canucks. Although you couldn't tell last night and we can say whatever we want about the Vancouver Canucks, that they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to trade Bo Horvat. They're going to change the coach. I will say this about them. My goodness, they are so fun to watch because you can never ever pinpoint how any game is going to go last night they get down and and they they just managed to come back they in in what was pretty fun fashion at the end of the day Elias Patterson leading the way five points plus the shootout winner and the Vancouver Canucks just continue to I don't want to say defy logic because well, maybe it is defying logic because every night seems to be a different story. Every night seems to be a different way to win or lose. And in last night's case against the Seattle Kraken, it was in a shootout. And the aforementioned Elias Pedersen with the shootout winner. They are just one of the most Jekyll and Hyde teams that I've seen in recent memory. It is, it's wild how up and down their season has been, but it's been fun. I mean, it's certainly been fun for us to talk about as you know, season two of the Jeff Merrick show rolls on and they've given us plenty to talk about. And, and I'll ask, I'll ask Elliot about his favorite story of this season so far as we approach this break and as as our show uh, at 1.55 p.m. Eastern goes on hiatus until January 2nd, which is also the Winter Classic, which we should all have marked on our calendars, the Vancouver Canucks have to be at or near the top of the list of most intriguing stories, not only from to this point, but for the rest of the season. What happens with the coach? What happens with Bo Horvat? Do they do a... Uh, rebuild on the flyer, a retooling, because we know general managers do not like that word, rebuild, which is the exact same thing as a retool, a reset, and all that other nonsense. Elsewhere on the ice last night, Alex Ovechkin makes history, but not the history that you probably thought he was going to make last night. He passes Ray Bork in the all-time lead for shots on goal, and that is not at all surprising and Alex Ovechkin we assume is going to play for just a little while longer to catch Wayne Gretzky in his chase for the all-time goals lead but his lead in the all-time shots department is going to significantly grow 
almost history last night, not quite history last night. We still wait for Evgeny Malkin to become the second highest Russian scorer of all time. And another big one from last night, the NHL's hottest team is now the Carolina Hurricanes, having won seven in a row following an following an overtime win over the Carolina or over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And what a great goal that was to finish it. Jacob Slavin with two defensemen on the ice in overtime, which you don't see very often. And on that play, Brent Burns reaches the point plateau 800 for his career. That's all coming up. The Jeff Merrick Show starts now with Matt Marchese. Here we go. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts, I'm sure is not on a walk today as the winter apocalypse continues. Elliot, I'm assuming that you're safe inside your house? I wanted to go walk through this, but my wife told me I was not if I did. (laughs) And she rarely, like, she rarely, 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 rarely says, no, you're absolutely not doing something. But this was one of those occasions. What's the worst that's going to happen? You get covered in snow, Elliot, and you look like a snowman? Like, come on. I agree. She's being completely ridiculous, but don't tell her I said that. I won't. I I will not. I will not do that. Um, but the only there is one good thing about you staying in the house, Elliot. I know. Yeah. I know that your wife makes really good food based on what I've seen, and it seems mm-hmm. like you enjoy it. So at least you get to have a little bit more of that while you're in the house. I'm eating one of her cookies right now. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm not gonna lie. My my wife is tending to our daughter right now, so there will be no cookies for me after I get off the show. Um, Okay, let, let's start. You know, I wanted to ask you this question because it's the last show of 2023 for all of us, and you get a nice little break from myself and Jeff for like a week. So be happy for that. Oh, um, there's no show next week? No show next week. We oh are my on God. hiatus. Yes. This is the greatest Hallelujah. thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> Aside from not going out and walking in the snow today. Um, what What to you is the most maybe fun or intriguing or interesting story of the season so far. Cause for me, um, and last night was kind of the, the microcosm of that. And that's the Vancouver Canucks. What, who is it for you or what is the story for you? I, I think overall for me, I think, I think the entertainment value has been high. I, I, I think there've been a lot of good games. I think there've been a lot of fun games. Scoring is up. Uh, there've been a lot of comebacks. I, I just feel that, for whatever reason, this season, the quality of play has been really good, or the quality of entertainment has been really good. And uh, I've really enjoyed that. I mean, you know, last night it was up late, and you got Pedersen with a five-point game. You get Carlson with a four-point game, his third one of the year. I, I I just think on most nights there's something really entertaining that grabs your attention, and that's all you want really as a sports fan. I agree, and and the the one the one thing that I I didn't think that we would get back to was these high scoring games because of how teams it, it's just, it's much like in the NFL like there was that big surge in offense, and then this season a lot of the big offenses that we thought were going to be really good defenses have tailored their their schemes to stop these teams and to not have high scoring games. And I fear that the NHL, because there's a lot of smart people that work there may go that direction, but for the time being, it's been really good. Do you think that we go back to that with, you know, 
teams starting to scheme a little bit better or is the the quality of player today just too high that it's almost impossible to do that on a night in and night out basis i lean towards b and and here's why first of all i would say this Uh, if you've heard me talk and unfortunately i know marchese you have you know i feel that there are two very different seasons in the nhl there's the regular season and there's the playoffs and they're not the same. You cannot play 82 games in the regular season like you play a maximum of 28 games in the playoffs. You simply can't. The players will do things in the playoffs that they will not do in the regular season. It's that simple. And so the game does change. And a lot of people blame the referees. I actually think it's the players who set the tone. There's just they're, – they're, they're a lot meaner and nastier in the playoffs, and that's just the way it is. I get it. The, the, the second thing is, I think the skill of the players is greater than ever, but I think also the way they're allowed to defend has changed. If you look at this league, there, in the last 16 years, there have been crackdowns on interference, cross-checking, and slashing. And, you know, and I just think now, the way you played defense in the 80s and even the 90s and the early 2000s, you can't do that anymore. You cannot... You know, it used to be you go to the front of the net and you'd get murdered. It doesn't happen anymore. So I think because of the way we've changed defense, we're in a situation now where people um, or where players can get to the areas to score. I wouldn't say necessarily easier, but have more access to them than they ever did. And I think for that reason – we're not dialing it back. It's it's going to be like this now. It's going to be a more offensive game. I, I really hope that that is the case because this is, like you mentioned, this is just entertaining to watch. It's, you know, you, you may not, you may not get a lot out of a, a Vancouver-Seattle game previously, but last night kind of was the prime example of, you know, the Canucks get down and then they, they come back and, and they score late to tie it and it goes to overtime and they hit three posts and then Pedersen caps off the five-point night with the shootout winner. I mean, uh, just on on Vancouver specifically, I, I said that they are they're one of the most fun teams to watch because they have to be at least, if not in the top five, among the top three most unpredictable teams on a night-in and night-out basis. And to me, that's entertaining. I, I agree with that. Um, you know, look, offense sells. You look at the NBA – they figured that out a long time ago. They changed the rules or they made it so that their great offensive players would be able to do what they do. Okay. The NFL is a league that has tipped the balance of power to the quarterback for a long time now. And people don't always like it. They, they think that if you follow like some of the discourse this year, uh, for example, on things like roughing the passer, not everybody likes how soft those calls have become. But the league feels very strongly that the quarterbacks sell. And for that reason, they are um, they're going to do that. And I just think that we're in, a, we're in a time where offense really sells. And people recognize that. So the NHL has followed suit. It's done the same things. I don't hear too many complaints about it. And that's just where we are. So not to get too Jeff Merrick on you here, but um, firstly, do you you think that the NHL has done tinkering to help offense? And if there was one rule that you could add 
to maybe increase offense even more? Is there something that you had in mind or you think, hey, we're in a good place. Let's not touch it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, I'm always a person who believes you can tinker. But I, I think you should always be striving to improve and get better at whatever it is you do. So I'm always willing to listen to things. Um, you know, the, I think, I mean, there's things I think about all the time. You know, what would be better? Um, what, what we could do? Um, you know, one of the things I wonder about, I thought Mike McKenna had a really good article last week about should we just turn overtime into pond hockey? And I would like to see what what that would look like. I'm not talking about playoff overtime. I'm talking about regular season, three-on-three three overtime. But I would like to see what that would look like, at, at, at not in the NHL first, but somewhere else. What could that look like? I'm, I'm interested in that kind of thing. Um, so that would be one. Um, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. But that would be one of them for sure. Like, I mean, the other thing I, I, I would like to see is I think if you score a shorthanded goal, the penalty should be over. Yep. And, or or really, go to full power plays, like the like the two minute the two minute major. Nah, like they used to be. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like that, to be perfectly honest. I like and this that was actually a Merrick idea. Merrick was the one who came up with the idea. Uh, if you score a penalty, uh, if you score a shorthanded goal, the power plays over. I kind of like that one. Well, uh, the only reason why I bring up the two-minute major thing is because that was taken out because the Montreal Canadiens power play was so good that they they needed to because it was basically unfair. I think we're at a point now where I, I think if you have the, I think it's kind of got to go both ways. If you have the, if you score a shorthanded goal, the penalty is over. You should also have if you score a power play goal, you should get to keep the power play. I think that could work nah, both ways. Maybe, maybe. I, I'm not as married to one as the other, but I won't discount it as I do normally your ideas. <laughs> Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts, safe inside <laughs> his home today and not outside walking as per the advice of his wife. Um, so yesterday you were on the, the broadcast for Leafs and Flyers, and outside of like a minute and a half stretch, it was Toronto and and for me leading the way here is a guy that you know and I know you guys talked about it on the on the post game like William Nylander is on pace for 48 goals and it's been dare I say very quiet among the uh the people that are not Nylanderthals like Anthony Stewart is and have maybe people come around to the idea that hey this guy's a really good player and he's really starting to come into his own right now I don't think anybody ever doubted. Um, I don't think anybody ever doubted Nylander's ability. I, I don't think that's ever been the question. He's an incredibly talented guy. Um, I, I think if anyone's ever had a, a question about him, it's um, you know, like when the going gets tough, does he get going? And he's playing extremely well right now. He looks tremendous. Um, you know, I kind of talked about this with Tim last night on his show. Um, you know, we like the, the way Toronto's played. Like, you could go back to the last three seasons, the Canadian Division season last year. There were long stretches where this team played in, in a way that you would say, "Wow, that really bodes well." That's the way they got to play. Uh, like, I thought they had a great year in the Canadian Division, um, and they lost the first round. I thought there were times last year they looked great, and they lost in the first round, and. 
And I think we've all talked about how surprisingly good they were uh, when they were ravaged by injuries on the blue line in goal. And you look at a lot of this and say, that's the way they got to play. And that's what it's going to take to win when the postseason starts. And, um, but we have to see, we have to wait and see. And like I said, I think, I, I think Nylander is going to be judged like a lot of them are. Um, he's he, no one ever questions his talent. He's an incredibly talented guy, but, and, but again, he's not the only one it's let's see what happens in April and May and let's see where it goes. I mean, uh, I think there's, there's a huge segment of the fan base that wants to see that wants to believe that this is real. And this is, this is a true sign of, of how good they've gotten and how much they've matured. But, you know, we all know we're all going to be judging come the end of April. So Austin Matthews with the big play last night that basically helped seal the victory, stopping what was a, a, an empty net goal, essentially, on Ilya Samsonov. And, and while he's not, he's not lighting the world on fire, like, I mean, 17 goals in 34 games, there's uh, hundreds of players that would love that. And he's on pace for, you know, 41 goals this season, and I, he probably ends up finishing higher. The point total is not what maybe some people had expected, but does it even, not that it doesn't matter, but with the way that he's playing in his own end, the way that he looks to be a more physical presence, does are you starting to see the complete player now, the 200-foot player, Austin Matthews, start to come to the forefront here? Uh, again, I've seen times where he, like, this is not new. I, I've seen, like, like Matthews in particular to me is, is a guy who's really worked hard to be more than seen as a one-dimensional shooter. He's far, he's got much more depth to his game than that. Um, you know, yesterday's play was a huge play, um, and I think he's worked hard to become a, a better two-way player, a much better two-way player. I think the problem is, Matt, is that, what happens to in a lot of ways, what happens to you on the biggest stage defines you, right? And, uh, and you know, he, like everybody knows how talented he is. He scored 60 goals last year. And like I said, I think he's worked much harder at being a good two-way player. But when, you know, the team continually loses in the first round, nobody's giving you that. You know, you, you, there has to be some level of success uh, at the at the highest levels before anybody's going to say, yeah, you know, or anybody's going to notice or anybody's going to recognize or anybody's going to give you credit for it. And, you know, that's the thing. Like, at this point in time, all you can do now is make sure you're going through the process to get yourself better or make your team better. And that's, that's, that's the wild thing about this all for Toronto is, I, I, we've seen this in the last few years where it looked like they were headed in that direction. And then for one reason or another, it hasn't worked in the playoffs. But like, I, I look at Matthews and I look at Marner too, who's had an unbelievable start to this year. I think those guys have worked really hard at trying to become better two-way players. Um, you know, Marner, it, it, to me, is one of the best penalty killers in the league. Um, it just hasn't worked in the postseason. And for that reason... They, they, you know, nobody's going to give them the credit that they, nobody's going to give them that level of credit until they break through. Uh-oh, we lost Matt Marchese. Well, this is, uh, this is really good news for the listeners. Um, all right, so let me just ask the, uh, am I on the air still right now so I know what to do here? Okay, 
All right. So this is what's going on here. Matt Marchese just went down. So we've seen this happen before. I don't know if this is a power thing because of the storm, or I don't know if some listener heard him and pulled the plug to benefit all the other listeners, or uh, if something else has happened here. First of all, hope Marchese's okay. Let's take a look at some things tonight. Oh, a power surge. Okay, so he'll be back in a couple of seconds. Let's take a look at the NHL schedule tonight, shall we? Boston Bruins, New Jersey Devils. That's a 7 p.m. Eastern game, Sportsnet 1, Sportsnet East, Sportsnet Ontario. This is interesting because I think a few weeks ago we would have taken a look at this as potentially a game for first place in the Eastern Conference. The Bruins, the best team in the league. The Devils have been struggling a little bit. I wouldn't panic. It was bound to happen. They weren't going to keep that pace up. Uh, I think you get a little tense, though, when you're a team that's hit your first rough patch of the season. It was reported this morning that Don Marino's out week to week. That's a loss. He's played really well for them. I'm really looking forward to watching this game tonight. Other games tonight, Vancouver Edmonton. That's a Sportsnet game, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Mountain time, 8 p.m. Central time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Canucks Oilers, last night, Pedersen, five-point game. I, Pedersen McDavid tonight, that's going to be appointment television. I expect you all to be watching it. Marchese, you're back. Maybe not. Okay. So, Canucks Oilers, I expect you all to be watching it. Looking forward to this one. Other games tonight, here's what we've got on the schedule. Flyers at Hurricanes. Carolina on fire. As Marchese said earlier, Flyers kind of the reverse. I think I'm taking the over in this game. Yeah, yeah I will. Oh, you're back, Marchese. Uh- uh, dude, I'm sorry. We had a power surge here. I had to scramble to get my my headset and everything so that I could jump on on my phone. And um, I think Jeff Merrick was actually tampering with my stuff over here, Elliot. No, I, I think there's worried. a long list of I think there's a long list of listeners who could have been like uh, could have been responsible for doing that. <laughs> Well, well, firstly, thank you for carrying the me... Jeff Merrick show hosted by Matt Marchese, now appearing Elliot Friedman. Just let me know and uh, uh, just Twitter me on how my Phil, Phil was. The, the Phil King is, uh, is Scott Oak. <laughs> Scott Oak has a routine that he does for filling. He's done it for us before. It's excellent. It's the best I've ever heard. I know it doesn't compare to Oak, but let me know how my Phil went, everyone. I think it was. I think it was pretty good. Um, okay, before we got a, a few minutes left here, and, and you're uh, you're more than generous with your time, especially as the fill-in host. Um, <laughs> Carolina seven in a row. They've overtaken the Devils for top spot in the Metro. They're going to get Max Pacioretty back at some point. Uh, Pyotr Kachetkov could end up being a Calder candidate. And when it's all said and done, and having said all that. Are they a team that we need to watch to make moves, especially considering what could be a three-headed monster in net? Uh, so I really like uh, Carolina in goal. I, I, I do. Like the, the one thing for me about Carolina is they still got uh, Pacioretty coming back. So you've got to see how that works. Um, you know, the one thing – I was talking about this with Merrick the other day. The, the one thing that I, I look at with Carolina in goal is that They've really been bitten by the injury bug. I, I think it's counterintuitive to have three goalies there. I generally don't like the idea, but 
I recognize in Carolina's case, they have guys in Anderson and Ronta who have injury histories. And I would be very wary of dumping one of those goalies and then realizing it gets you again later. This is a case where I would stay with three. It's rare I would say that. It's rare I would do that. But um, I really do feel that in this particular case, when you're trying to win the Stanley Cup, as they are, I'm going with three. And, you know, if that means I, I don't like the idea of sending Kachekov down at times, but you might have to do it in a year where they're in it to win it. If you trade one of those guys and the other one gets hurt, you're going to be sitting there saying, why on earth did I trade that guy? I hold for three in this in this case this year. Okay, and then another another thing on Carolina last night. Brent Burns gets to 800 points for his career. I've always wondered about his Hall of Fame credentials, but where do you stand on that? Because I feel like he's he's either pretty close or he's there. I think I think Burns. Like, don't forget, he's still not done yet, right? So the resume, like to me, he's an absolute case. The only reason I think that he isn't more of a slam dunk is because. You know, he played late at night for a lot of us, and they they made one Stanley Cup final. If they had a few more runs during the playoffs, I think it would be he'd be a slam dunk case. But the one thing I look at, Matt, is he's still got three years on this contract, right? Yeah. So he's not done. He's going to continue to build his resume. And I think by the time it's over, it'll be much more clear cut than it is now. Well, and the, the thing for me when I was looking at his numbers, I couldn't believe how many, first of all, how many games he's played. I think it's like 1,248. Like, he's he's played a lot of hockey. And not only that, like, people do yeah. forget, he was drafted as a forward. Yeah, he's had an incredible career. He really has. He's had he's had an incredible, incredible career. Now uh, he's, he's a great player. He, he is. Also, now, the other, he, yeah. should get, he should go because of all the pets. Yes, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Like when you talk about we talk about Brent Burns, like his his personality, I feel like lends itself well to becoming a Hall of Famer as well. I know that doesn't weigh on the yeah, voters as much, but matter. I think it helps. Well, we but we don't know. Like it, the, the, the Hockey Hall of Fame voting is different, right? It's not like baseball voting where the media does it. Uh, it's more like football where a small panel does it, right? And, um, you know, I just uh, – I don't know how that would affect anything, but I think it, I, I think there is something to be said overall by for being someone who the fans kind of like and kind of think brings interest into the game. And I definitely think Burns has done that. Uh, one more, one more for you uh, before we go here. So Ovi still stuck on 800, but he did break a record last night, passing Ray Bork in the all-time shots lead, and that that lead is going to grow substantially as he chases Wayne Gretzky down for all-time goals you would think that his lack of scoring over the last few games would mean the caps are struggling but they're eight to and oh in their last 10 and they're going to get healthier as it looks like they're going to get tom wilson back shortly and maybe nicholas backstrom at some point in january too yeah I, I, they're they're really i think they were worried at one point about where they were going obviously i think they're a little bit less concerned now uh, their goaltending tandem has done a real nice job for them. Kemper and Lindgren. Lindgren in particular has done a real good job for them. You know, at the end of the day, in this in this league, if you get decent goaltending, you can accomplish a lot. And Lindgren in particular has really given it to them. 
I, I like, you know what, I, I was really concerned about Washington going into this year. I thought this was the year they would really take a step back, but they look to be showing that's, that's not the case. Well, and how much of that is just, you know, like I know, I know Greg Wyshynski did a piece where he talked to Ted Leonsis about Ovi said, I will come in to, I will come in in the best shape that I possibly can every single year, but you keep this team a contender as long as I'm here. Uh, how much of that is just Ovi kind of willing this team to kind of stay in it? I know one guy doesn't make a difference, but how many of these guys are just, hey, we're, we're kind of playing for Ovi right now? Well, I don't know if they're playing for Ovi, but athletes want to win. Like, nobody likes to rebuild. Nobody likes to lose. And the other thing, too, is, like, Ken Leonsis knows that if his team is decent and Ovechkin's making a charge at the record, he can, he's going to sell his building. You know, like, it, it's, to, me it's common, to me, it's common sense. Like, it, it absolutely is common sense, Matt that you would keep going for it while you have those guys. Okay, I've got I swear this is the last thing. I'm doing a little a little thing at the end where uh, uh, myself and and Annie O'Donnell who hosts the Odeon Sports podcast and she's great on NHL TikTok and she does a whole bunch of stuff. Big oh hockey. yeah, I saw I saw her on your show. I I was looking at her profile. It's pretty interesting, I have to say. She she's great on TikTok. She's awesome. I've had her on oh god for at least a couple of years now. And we're doing a thing, a Christmas wish list. So each team we have to pick one thing. So we all alternated teams which team gets what for christmas if you had to pick one christmas gift to give to one nhl team what would it be why don't you tell this like to me in advance so i could actually prepare for it because i like surprises and so do you okay i i i've said this many times okay before See, you already know what it is well i just you thought of it pr- <laughs> i I, before my career ends, which the way things are going, it could be like next week. Uh, I I want to I want to cover a Canadian team winning the cup. I don't care which one it is. I want to be on the broadcast when the Canadian team wins the Stanley Cup. So for Christmas, I wish the Canadian to the Stanley Cup to one of the seven Canadian teams. I don't care which one it is. I just want to see it. Well, Friedman, I can tell you that your your career is not going to end next week because you always have a job hosting this show, especially after my internet <laughs> cacks out. So you're well, okay. You know what? I'm not sitting around the next two hours. I'm watching Jaws, so yeah. I can't be disturbed. Uh, a wonderful movie for this time of year, Jaws. That's like watching uh, Die Hard around this time because oh, you know, Jaws is a great. A- Jaws is a great Christmas movie. Excellent. Uh, I bet. Uh, Elliot, thank you so much, especially for for all that you've done for us on the Merrick Show uh, in Season 2. Happy holidays to you and your family. Uh, Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you uh, probably January 2nd when you're down at the the Winter Classic. Yes, well, uh, have a great uh, Christmas, and uh, have a great Christmas and uh, holiday to you, Matt, and uh, I hope you're enjoying uh, fatherhood. I hope that uh, your wife is correcting all your parental mistakes. <laughs> and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year's to all the great listeners across the Sportsnet network. That a boy. There he goes. Elliot Freeman. Thanks, Freege. Take care, man. See ya.